J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. The J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm Jonathan Hobbs. I'm John Chafee. And I'm Johnny Radcliffe. Hi, Johnny Radcliffe. Thank you for tuning in. We are on episode something. 32, I think. 32. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely an episode. Four, 32. <laughs> it's one of those. 32 more than people thought we'd get to. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, today, we are going to listen to the words of Dan Isvanik. Mm-hmm. Which is the correct way to say his name. Yes, it is. Yes, right. it is. And he is the middle school youth pastor out in an amazing church in the Lancaster area. Ah, the mm-hmm. Amish. Uh, but he also runs his own ministry called the Middle Years. Yeah. So. Uh, He's a, it's a really big thing of his is he doesn't call it middle school. Uh, he actually says, no, I'm, I'm the middle years. I think he actually exactly. says, I'm the middle years pastor. Exactly. When he listens yeah. to this and he hears that I entitled him the middle school. He, he will have thrown up in his mouth. I think so. More than a little bit. There will be uh, more like, a, a, like a cease and desist coming, I'm Ooh, sure. Well, it's yeah. too late to say I'm sorry because he already turned us off. That's true. So, yeah, he's That's true. Upset. That's what happens when you interview with us. You never know <laughs> what we're going to say on the other end. Right. It's terrifying. <laughs> uh, but the thing I do appreciate about him is that he has made... Uh, just a specialization of this demographic. Uh, his yeah. kind of moves yeah. fi- fifth yeah. grade to ninth grade. Uh, but these are incredibly formative years. And uh, I will say that middle school gets a bad rep. You yeah, guys, what do you it guys does. think about that? The whole like middle school versus high school thing. Do you have a preference? Do you? I don't. I don't think I have a preference. I like both for different reasons. But like middle schoolers are still goofy mm-hmm. and they're not yet developed enough to be like cocky about how many push-ups they can do. <laughs> yeah, you know? see, I actually, I like the middle school yeah, for different reasons. My yeah. mentor, uh, really loved middle school. And so I tended to really get an appreciation. And what I loved is that he actually, uh, one of my favorite quotes of his was that he said, uh, yeah, you know, I, um, I was, I was in charge of our entire, youth ministry, but I was the middle school director. And, and after like seven years or something of being the middle school director, like the session or, or elders or whatever it was at his church said, well, you have to really, you should really be doing the high school, right? Right. And he was um. like, but high school is easier. Why would I do that? <laughs> and then they, they, they were insistent. So he's like, okay. I'll, and he did. He went and proved it. He's like, high school is much easier. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and I oh. have now gotten to the point where I do kind of agree with him. I mean, like, I would argue nowadays maybe it's a little bit different, uh, but but I I found like you know what if I can if I can dive into the pool of middle school I actually really do enjoy it. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know which is easier. I think middle school is easier in my opinion. Interesting. The, the big thing is is that hmm. uh, I do love how they have freer schedules in theory at least. I mean, yes, it is getting yeah. busier, but uh, for me, once you hit high school, the pressures that kind of thing kind of crowd out uh, what you're able to do. So I love how middle schoolers, in theory, are more available. I do love how they're up for anything, too. Mm. They're not mm-hmm. quite too cool sc- for school, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Every group's different, but man, if my church came to me and said, all right, we're hiring another pastor. Do you want a middle school or high school? I'd take middle school. You would take the middle school? I think so. Yeah. Unless yeah. my high schoolers are listening right now, then of course I would take high oh, school. Oh my goodness, yeah. I know, exactly. <laughs> Um, but at any rate, uh, this is a good listen. It's a great chance for you to really just process, uh, just being age specific, 
you know, and instead of breaking it down uh, as you know, grades five through twelve, let's take a look at this demographic and see how we can best serve our students through the words of Dan Ispanic. All right, I am here with Dan Ispanic, and we are just having a good discussion about middle school ministry and. Dan, why don't you tell everyone that's listening to J3 right now about yourself, where you're at, and what your context is. Sure. I've been doing youth ministry roughly 23 years. Um, The last 12 of them have been in 6th to 8th grade, 5th to 8th grade ministry. Um, I refer to it as the middle years um, because middle school gets confusing. Some people think it's 7th and 8th grade or 7th and 9th grade or 5th to 6th grade. um, So I call it the middle years. It's 5th and 9th grade ministry. Uh, I've served kind of all over the country. Um, currently, uh, within the last year, I've been in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Amish country, uh, working <laughs> as a fifth to eighth grade pastor at a multi-site church called Victory Church. All right. So just in talking to you, um, so 20-something years, that's amazing. And it's taken you all the way across the country, even down to Louisiana, huh? Yep. Tell us a little bit about Louisiana. Uh, we were just down the road from Duck Dynasty guys. If you knew, you know who those guys are. That was <laughs> yes. the closest big town. So we drove a half hour from where we were to get to the big city of West Monroe. Ooh, all to right. get to Walmart. So a little different context. Um, but once again, working with with middle schoolers and high schoolers. But did a lot of a lot of work working with the local middle school, which is literally across the street from our church. Uh, gave me a lot of understanding of, of that context. Um, mm. Deep South Louisiana. Um, people talk about the dirty South. It was yeah. the deep, deep South. Um, and it was a very uh, racially tense area when we were there, which ah. gave me extra context and kind of understanding how uh, people react to each other and kind of studying that a little bit while we we're down there. Awesome. That's cool. And you are notoriously a middle school guy. That is what you have sold out for. You've, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you've even gotten your master's focused on the middle school years. Can you yep. tell us about that? Absolutely. Um, well, I have a, you know, a one-year associates in Bible. Um, I have an a undergrad in counseling psych and theology. And then as I was kind of discovering, kind of just figuring what I wanted to do and how I wanted to approach middle school ministry for the rest of my life, um, I chose to pursue an education degree in middle years, which is fifth and ninth grade, as opposed to uh, seminary. Uh, I feel like middle schoolers don't need another sermon or uh, a long a long lecture. They need mm-hmm. to be taught and they need to know have someone who understands how to teach them and approach them, understands who they are, um, but also gives me the opportunity to continue doing middle school ministry. Uh, both inside or outside the the church context for you know a, li- a lifetime, realistically. Yeah. yeah, and I tell you what, um, I'm of the same belief as you that middle school gets a bad rep, just undeservedly. Uh, where uh, I'm sure you tell people you do middle school, and they're like, "Oh, middle school!" Like <laughs> you get those responses. I'm sure, right? <laughs> I do, I do, but it's I, I, surprising. I mean, as people kind of see what we do, um, and I get to talk to them you know, constantly championing middle school ministry. It's interesting to hear, you know, to have those reactions from people, but then to be able to talk to them and say, Hey, here's why it matters. Hmm. And uh, to see the light bulbs go on. And so I'm constantly having the same conversation over and over again about why middle school ministry matters, why middle years matter so much. Um, you know, the studies come out are coming out now and 85% of people accept faith before the middle of their ninth grade year. 
So we talk about the four to 14 window. Yeah. Um, that's the window of faith. That's the window of evangelism. That's the window of, of belief. No matter what your religion is, uh, studies keep coming out saying, well, it's between the ages of four and 14. Um, and after that, the percentages of accepting lifetime faith, whatever it is, whatever religion is going to be, drop off. So 14 year to up to age 14 is huge. And that's yeah. kind of why I love, love what I do. Uh, I think it's actually one of the biggest uh, ministries that a church can have if they want mm-hmm. to have a future as a church. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so for today, I really wanted to pick your brain about the enigma of fifth grade. Uh, so a lot of ministries have fifth grade in elementary school, but there seems yep. to be a growing trend where fifth graders are actually starting to be associated with middle school. And um, you happen to have fifth graders in your middle school there. Yep. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about the decision of why your church chose to have fifth graders in middle school? Well, I mean, my current church, um, they had a children's pastor that was doing fifth and sixth grade ministry separate. Um, and when he left, it kind of was kind of standing on its own, kind of waiting for the next person to come. And then they hired me. Uh, I took seventh and eighth grade out of the high school, out of underneath the high school ministry, took fifth and sixth grade out of the children's ministry and created a fifth to eighth grade umbrella in our church, which once again, we call the middle years. Um, I think the reason why this church, our last church and me, my previous church in Ohio, um, that where I was for nine years was the move was to seeing fifth and sixth graders, um, really changing, uh, specifically fifth graders, really we're shifting socially uh, in our America and other places. We're seeing a lot of fifth graders shift and adolescence is actually shifting and becoming a little bit longer. Um, it's extending beyond high school. Some of the adolescent development things, the adolescent uh, development of a brain process is happening way after high school, but it's also starting much earlier. Um, thanks to a variety of social and uh, mental, emotional context in, in America. So we're mm. seeing fifth graders uh, developing physically a lot sooner. We're seeing them start uh, adapting and kind of taking on abstract thinking a lot earlier. So nothing against children's ministry, but we're seeing a lot of fifth graders at the very tail end of children's ministry really just kind of losing out, uh, slipping off. Uh, even in our can- context, we're seeing a lot of fourth graders toward the end of fifth grade just kind of skipping out, out on the children's ministry piece and sitting with their parents in adult worship until they right. get to fifth, fifth grade. And right. we saw the same thing in Ohio, same thing in Washington, D.C., where we were serving. We saw a lot mm. of students just getting really bored, but being able to sit in a, an adult context and totally take notes, get what's going on, think through abstract spiritual thought. Interesting. And so coming here, the immediate obviously thing was, hey, like, we really need to create a specific ministry that is not dressed up children's ministry, is not dumbed down us. High school ministry. It is a specific fifth to eighth grade ministry that addresses their topics, their needs, um, basics of belief, basics of faith, and basics of Christian life. And that's what we do. Is we really let them attack that, question that, um, process that, and and almost a high end thinking uh, level. That's awesome. Yeah, it's life is just coming at fifth graders so much faster than it used to. Uh, even when we were in fifth grade, you know the the fifth grade problems and challenges are a lot more daunting than they used to be. And uh, you've got to think that youth ministry might be better equipped to handle those things, to put a discipler in their life that can walk alongside of them. Uh, hopefully youth ministry is better equipped for uh, 
that kind of thing. And um, what do you say to someone who's nervous about having fifth graders in the same room as eighth graders? What are your thoughts there? Well, I have a third grader going to fourth grade. Um, so I, I'm, I'm at that point soon enough. Um, but I, I see there's some great conversations that can happen. We definitely do some things specifically for and sixth grade, separate from seventh and eighth grade, in how we do small groups, um, how we have conversations. If we do an event or we do a retreat, so in this context where we're away, we want fifth and sixth graders um, to have their own separate time to talk in their age level. But we also want seventh and eighth graders to have that time as well. But I think based on even just how education systems are going across America, there's a lot more intermediate schools. Um, mm, there's right. a lot of different things. I mean, even with my master's, my master's is fifth to ninth grade. So there's three different distinct groupings, even in education now, where they're lo- recognizing that fifth to eighth grade, fifth to ninth grade is a separate education model, how you approach those students. So that's kind of part of the things. I talk to a lot of parents who say, hey, you know, fifth grader, there's some things that are happening, um, even physically. Um, sexual development, mental development, social development is all happening, you know, on the little bit farther down now where we really still want to keep kids kids. But we also have to be aware, uh, especially even as a church, to say, hey, we know that our fifth graders are going to be starting to come into some of the things. And we need to give them a place to be to process that, help them that. But also we need to have a place where we can walk beside parents. Parents are huge and uh, fifth to eighth grade ministry. Uh, they're the rides. You know, we, we want to do ministry. Them. We need to have the parents buy in. But also we really do uh, embrace parent family ministry as a huge aspect of what we do. Mm. Um, so that's where, I mean, a lot of times parents approach me and they're nervous. But I encourage them, hey, you know what? We're, we're going to communicate with you a ton. We're going to include you in what we're doing. Uh, senior high ministry definitely is a lot more independent of parent where we're mm-hmm. just – transitioning out of parent reliant to peer peer based ministry so there still is a lot of parent involvement on throughout what I do in the four years and as they kind of mm. move up through the seventh and eighth grade years you know parents take on a different role with them but on the front end we really really uh embrace parents that's awesome and, and then that helps on- I mean, that definitely helps yeah yeah and you touched on a little bit uh just the idea of partnering with parents who may be nervous about this transition and whether it's fifth grade or seventh grade, parents are going to be nervous once their baby goes into middle school, of course. (laughs) Um, so what are, what are some specific things that you do to help ease their, uh, anxiety and to include them in the, the ministry throughout the year? What are some ways you partner with parents? Absolutely. Um, well on the fifth and sixth grade side, but also the fifth to eighth grade side, we, you know, we kick off the year with what we're calling an upgrade, which is a family night. You come, there's an hour or, or so of just inflatables and food trucks and crazy games and all kinds of stuff going on where the whole entire family can come. And then the second half of the night is when we we kind of get together and we have a sit down as families, parents and brothers and sisters hanging out together and just saying, hey, let's talk about what's going to happen now, what's going to happen next. We do that fifth to eighth grade across the board and then dismiss the sixth to eighth graders, sixth to eighth graders out. And then we have a little bit of time toward the end where we just talk to fifth grade parents 
And then throughout the year, we're doing a lot of different things where we incorporate them. The fifth son, fifth week of the month is always invite a parent night. So parents, you know, kids are allowed to invite their parent. And we kind of put a hmm. – we make that dodgeball night. So it's parent versus kid dodgeball. So kids want to nice. show up. Parents definitely want to show up and hit, throw their <laughs> dodgeball at their kid. So it's a trick. There you go. <laughs> but while we have them here, we actually sit uh, them down, let them kind of listen in, see what we do. Um, and I mean, parents are always welcome. We have an open yeah. door policy. Parents are always welcome to sit in on a ministry, sit in on our small groups. Um, we we allow parents to do a lot of things. Um, but then throughout the year, we try to set up some things, some new things this year. We're doing a parent lounge. So parents come, they drop off. They're really nervous about leaving their child for an hour and a half, two hours. Well, we mm. have a parent lounge. Come hang out. There's some parenting books and magazines. We have snacks out. We have coffee out. And you can just hang out and relax with the parents your age, and you're right around the corner. So if your child needs something, uh, but we want the kid to have some time to themselves without mom and dad hovering. Yeah, so, but sure. But we, uh, we allow that. So honestly, that really works best for just the first couple weeks. And then after that, you know, we see a lot of parents just fade off and not, not sit there the whole time and, and you know, sit and <laughs> read and wait for their child to fall apart. Um, but throughout the year, we're doing different things. Uh, last year, we did a father-son night, mother-daughter night. This year, we're flipping it up, doing father-daughter, mother-son. Nice. Um, throughout the summer, we do a few events that are family-based. So it's not just drop a kid off, come back in two hours. It's, hey, come stick around. So this last week, we did a, a baseball game. And we had about, I don't know, about 95 people come to a baseball game together. So that represented, you know, a f- quite a few of our families but they sure. come, they hang out, went to chapel with the, with the players. They got to do some things as a family. We really made it, you know, embraced the opportunity to come together. Um, so we kind of go back and forth. But the parents, when they look at a calendar, they see family night, family night, parent night, invite a parent. So we spread them out throughout the year so they know they can come and be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, we're, I'll be honest, early on, as a young youth pastor, I didn't want parents involved at all. <laughs> drop would? the kid off. I'll fix them because you <laughs> messed them up. That's and right. uh, as a young 19, 20 something year old cocky youth pastor, I really blew parents off for the first half mm. of my ministries. I really did. And that was a huge mistake. And I lost out on a lot. Of, I think a lot of great ministry opportunities. Yeah. I'm finding that the older I get and the more I get entrenched in dad mode, like literally my kids will, my, my kids will look at me and be like, dude, you're such a dad right now. And I'm just like, wow, thanks students. Um, but well, see, it's huge. I mean, it's I, good. I went from being a friend to being a father, you know, yeah. there's a process of seasons. Um, I was a friend for a while. I was the cool big brother. I was mm-hmm. the awesome uncle, you know, mode. But right now I'm definitely embracing that, that I'm, I'm the dad and I want to approach these kids not as I'm friendly. I have a strong relationship with them, but I'm not their friend. Right. I, I want to be uh, a spiritual mentor in their life. I want to be want to be another person in their life that walks beside their dad, who walks beside their mom. I'm not a replacement ever, mm. but I'm definitely my role and how I approach it is more as an older mentor, uh, a sage on the uh, guide on the side. You know, not a sage on yeah. the stage kind of thing. There you go. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm really personally enjoying the parents being on my team as opposed to being the enemy as the young pastor thing. So. Parents make Everyone, huge, parents are make the best leaders. They really do. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Uh, well, I got a question for you. So, um, so Dan is one of the the people that I read when I see a blog post out by him. I read it. I'm um, checking up on his website. Where can people find you on your website? Uh, I just started a new website called themiddleyears.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, for about five years, I had this crazy blog of just called it was called the Junior High Youth Guy. 
and <laughs> very, very few people use the word junior high anymore. So I had to change it after yep. years and years. Um, but I've just, it's new revamped. I have some great posts. Uh, every Thursday I have guest posts from other middle school pastors or middle years pastors from around the country, uh, mm. writing some great stuff. We try to give away a, a ton of resources, um, mm-hmm. games, lessons, just, uh, news you can use kind of stuff where it's just middle school specific news. Um, just, we try to just give a right stuff. Plus some just fun, some fun things where we just kind of laugh at ourselves for who we are, <laughs> what we do. Nice. Yeah. You got to do that. You take yourself too seriously and, uh, you're missing it, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Well, be sure to check him out. Um, be sure to register to any blog post or anything he does. Cause it's gold. Uh, I'm going to be using the Uno game, uh, for, uh, an event coming up here. So, nice. Uh, no. just putting that little teaser out for everyone. Search Dan. It's Vinic Uno. <laughs> and, uh, <it laughs> right. Good. Uh, well, Dan, thank you so much for spending time with us. Um, hoping that middle school gets the respect and attention it deserves. Uh, it is, uh, like you said, it's so crucial to continue that handoff of peer and parent relationship as they move into high school. And, um, it sounds like you got some awesome things brewing. So definitely worth checking out further. Uh, if you have any free time listener out there, give it a shout. And we are back. Ba-boom. I feel like I need to apologize because the beginning of that interview, you can actually hear my kids banging on our glass window. That's just you being authentic, man. <laughs> I am. Just, I'm authentic and real. I want you to think <laughs> I want you to think I have this amazing like recording studio. I don't. I have a sunroom. Yeah. And, uh, spend time my, with us. Now. Exactly. Yeah. My kids see me and they're like, Daddy. And I I just it was adorable, but mm-hmm. also distracting. <laughs> At any rate, which leads perfectly into the middle years. The middle school years. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll pass it to you guys. I want to hear some things that were jumping out to you from this interview. I like his comments that religious identity is usually formed before 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And so that that also adds credence to his emphasis on the quote-unquote the middle years because after 14, I don't know if there's more variables or they just, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I could see religious identity is harder to establish after 14. Yeah, Has that at, been your experience? At that point, yeah, I agree that you're really – and just think of the developmental process, even for your own self. You start to form opinions. You start to value how the world mm-hmm. works. By the time you're hitting 14, 15, the needles point in a certain direction. Yeah. Um, if I remember this right, and, and he didn't quite go into this quite in this area, but he kind of tipped his cap toward it, which is – up until that point, it, it, you're supposed to, in adolescence, try a bunch of new things, right? You're supposed yeah. to, you're actually almost over supposed to overcommit. Wow, mm-hmm. I really said that wrong. But you are supposed to pretty much overcommit, I, mm-hmm. I would say. But then once you hit 15, mm. you're actually supposed to start pairing back and pairing back and pairing back, which, by the way, I think is connected to the reason that the really? older a kid gets, uh-huh. the less likely they are to come to your youth group. Mm. And that's not necessarily, that's actually a sign of maturity, not necessarily immaturity. That's actually a sign that, listen, they don't love God less, but they realize that they actually decided to really commit to that sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really all right that they decided to do that. And what that means is they're, they're actually looking at a mature way of, I got to take something out. Something's got to give here. Right. I don't want the kid that thinks they can do it all. That means they're going to do everything mediocre. Right. So, I mean, but, but so therefore at 14, if you haven't tried at least Christianity and kind of gotten into the system, 
then mm-hmm. it's not even in your. Uh, what do I want to call it? Like your pool uh, your, of your, Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not even in the pool to decide if I want to stop doing it. I'm yeah. actually my primary mental function at starting at 15 is what should I stop doing? Mm. If that makes sense. So yeah, and it's interesting that adolescence begins sooner and ends later. It's just a wider span. Oh, uh, yeah. They talk about like in the 18th century. You know, when you're mm-hmm. when you're like you know, a a full-blown adult at age like 17, Mm -hmm. you know, adolescence was a much smaller window because the expectations of you to contribute to society were much higher. Yeah. Right. It it is interesting Uh though. Uh, Crystal Kurgis, I think I'm saying her last name wrong, actually fights against this a little bit. Really? So this is the really interesting thing to me is so, um, so I, I, I've put out a book through, um, youth cartel and youth cartel, one of the main people, a guy named Adam, basically said something incredibly similar to what you just did. Right. And then I commented on it, but wait, didn't Crystal's book with the youth cartel actually kind of dispel that a little bit? Hmm. And it's funny because he was like, well, I don't know. Like, it was really funny to me of like, even the youth cartel kind of, uh, kind of forgot that. And, and the only, the main thing she actually says is if you look at the, um, the, the Canterbury tales, you know, yeah, uh-huh. the Canterbury tales, the squire, is a young adult, mm-hmm. and he acts like every teenager we've ever met. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so in other words, and Shakespeare talks about it, and Aristotle talks about it, mm-hmm. and so there is this sense of historically you can actually look back, and people are talking about people in their early twenties being morons, and acting like people that act in their early twenties today. So it's not a complete like it's not like you know it's not night and day exactly. It's not three hundred years ago. You know, people yeah. that were twenty one were pretty much voted president. Right. No, I mean right. even our forefathers said you're gonna be thirty five. Yeah. You know, uh, so or whatever age actually is. I, I don't have that memorized, but so but he, I, I don't want to overemphasize. No, the don't point. don't overemphasize. But even yeah. like to push back a little bit, mm-hmm. look at a uh, look at a sample size in the last fifty years. For my parents. It wasn't weird to be married at 21. I no, was married at 21, and people were like, "Wow, you're a psycho." You yeah, didn't... yeah, yeah. Oh, you and must be one of those. I had homeschool... kids when I was 25, and a lot of 25 year olds aren't even married yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So there is yeah. that aspect of like something's being elongated, when, kind of the like life expectations. Yeah. When you look at the last 100 years, that's mm-hmm. a thing, and then I think right. that's the more important kind of concept right. is the modern history. There is a massive shift. Right. But to claim that that's a shift. In in all of history is not right. really as much of a thing, but but it's still something to be considered. Yeah, I, right. I can see the point. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you think uh, middle school gets a bad rap? Do you have a thought? I think they're smelly and loud. Honestly, as like, opposed to most youth, directors. like you exactly. have to have a, a exactly. high <laughs> level of tolerance for them. Well, think about this. Uh, I I filter a lot of things through this lens that a lot of youth leaders out there are kind of doing a peer-to-peer type of pastoring. It's, Mm -hmm. I connect with you, and this is great. We're doing life together, which is good until you hit 27 and you don't know what Fortnite is. You know, you hit that wall where things don't make sense culturally. Uh Mm -hmm. And so those type of leaders are further removed from middle schoolers who are loud, Mm -hmm. who are more unruly. It's not, you're not able to have that buddy, buddy type of youth pastor. Right. So I think that's part of it. And then, you know, when you're thirties, forties, they're, they're more wild. Yeah. So I, I, I do think there's a big part of it of just like there, the expect, the expectation of the serious conversation. 
right? The like, expectation I, you know, is serious. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, what was it? Most youth directors that yeah. I know that specialize in middle years um, say, hey, if you have a 10-minute conversation with your middle school boys small group that's solid, you're doing really, really well. It's true. <laughs> you know? And, and, like, yeah. and, like, and like they're trying to be encouraging. They're not, they're not even trying to be funny. They're just saying, no, no, you need to understand. Like you, That's a win. You, you played a game for about eight minutes. You had about an eight-minute decent conversation. And then you had another eight minutes. Of, uh, that is a solid middle school sm- uh, boy small group. Uh-huh. Whereas, and, and this, uh, this makes, we go back to, we talked about the uh, gender stuff where, you know, like girls ministering to girls. So in my experience, sometimes actually youth directors connect more to girls because girls want to talk mm. through their stuff. Mm. Girls actually want to tell you how they're feeling and what they're thinking. Yeah. Uh, where guys actually like to be a little more quiet. And so I wonder if, uh, like to me, middle school girls, they don't get nearly as bad of a rap because mm. they'll talk. Yeah. Middle school boys want to talk about other things. Mm. You know? And so I, I think that, that that is the reason that I think they get a bad rap is that we, we imagine ourselves like... Like the old Greek paintings, you know, where there's the the togas and I'm on a rock and everyone else is kind of sitting around me going, wow, how fascinating you are, Jonathan. And that is not what you get from middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, you're kidding yourself if that's what you get from high schoolers, by the way. (laughs) Because really what I I want in that massive, I want fans. Uh, and, oh, and then that's an ego. Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, actually, and I, I also, by the way, just because middle schoolers like you doesn't mean you're good with middle schoolers. No, you know, like, like, hey, you you might just be trying to get fans of middle schoolers, and you're just you know making mm. fart jokes and throwing, uh, you know, you're really an axe body spray or whatever it is. Mm. Like that, that that doesn't mean you're good with middle schoolers. It just means you are a middle schooler, really. So to pick that up uh, a little bit in the sense of parent ministry, uh, mm-hmm. the things he had to say in there about parent ministry, the stuff they did, I thought was really good uh-huh. uh, because it is so formative in those middle years to continue to connect with the parents. And, you know, you don't divorce the parents out of the equation in high school for sure, but um, youth ministry is notorious for ostracizing the parents as far as ministry, but he had some great things in there. Uh, even like, I like how every fifth Sunday or whatever night it was that he actually has like an, a whole family type thing. I think that's really cool. Uh, mm. There's a lot of good tidbits in there for how to minister to family as well. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think family ministries is well, something that's pretty amazing and, and important. Since he was in youth ministry for more than 20 years, he also has had a change of, of roles or in the way that he relates to the, the middle schoolers. So rather than being the friend, he's transitioned to being more of a father type figure to some of them. And I feel as though that's, that's also a wonderful connecting point, like you said, for the other parents, mm. because you're roughly the same age as some of them who have kids. And I feel as though a good youth director hopefully also has good contact points with the parents Mm. because you can't, if you're thinking about the whole development of that middle schooler, you can't be that only person. So how can you also influence the family to also be healthy in its own way? I think all of that's great. That's very, very good. Um, I think we should probably kind of come down here. So, Final thoughts on middle years, on Dan, on uh, if you just want to bring up a random thing, then uh, you can be a jerk like that too. But what do you guys think? (laughs) 
that's really all I had to say. Uh, and it's just a good reminder that uh, we need to be intentional with the age breakdowns of where kids naturally are in their life. Mm-hmm. And so let's take advantage of the fertile ground of the middle years and just do what we can to make disciples of Jesus. Right. Yeah. And I mean, don't expect them to relate <laughs> like you are now. So Absolutely. if you're in your 20s, don't expect a middle schooler to relate to you like they're in 20 years old. Yeah. I think it's helpful just to remember like where they are developmentally. If they can handle a 10-minute conversation, oh, celebrate it yes. like as much as possible because how often do we even have a 10-minute conversation with another adult? Yeah. Or with yeah, that middle, with that middle schooler's parents. Yeah. Like, so take a win wherever you can. Just celebrate yeah. it. Yeah, no, I think I think it's really good. Um, the only thing I and this is actually a little bit on the on the side, but I know uh, Johnny, you had actually recently posted about this on one of your social media uh, places. But like, I actually think this also gives you license to be creative in the direction of you don't have to let the school system define how your ministry breakdown needs to happen. Mm. Um, so, right. um, so you know what? It's middle years, and in some places, the context is, you know, what a ten and eleven year old should be in the same place. A ten to twelve year old should be in the same place, uh, even though they're not in the same place in school or whatever it is. But just know that no matter what, that's where they are intellectually, and where you are intellectually does highly influence where you can be mm-hmm. uh, along your theological uh, growth and, and, right. and your, your your journey there. So. Yeah, we just want to encourage those of you, especially that are completely in middle school. And actually, you know what? I'm going to flip that. I really want to encourage the person that has to do both. Uh, has to actually <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of maybe even uh, you don't even ha- you don't get to separate them. I got like ten kids in my youth group, and you know, uh, I, I just want you to know I feel your pain. I've been there. I think all three of us have actually mm-hmm. that. You know, I don't have a middle school ministry. I have a ministry, and I'm just right. trying to get this sucker done. Uh, just know that we, we love you to death and you're not, you're not crazy. Uh, that is just really darn hard. Yeah. Uh, we love you to death. We are praying for you. We'd love to hear from you on the J3 Twitter account, which is at J3 Youth Men. You can email us at J3YouthMen at gmail.com and you can visit our website, J3YouthMinistry.com. Mm-hmm. I think I said all those correctly. Yeah, you did. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Jonathan Hobbs. I'm Johnny Radcliffe. And I'm John Chafee. And I switched it up just oh, yeah. to, that was so much fun. Right. Oh, Thank crazy. you for listening. So, we'll catch you next time. You party animal. We're, we're like middle school boys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the J3 Youth Ministry Podcast. podcast.